This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, we have our special guest, Jennifer Ives, and we are going to be talking about prayer, intercession, but unlike you've ever heard it before, I am telling you, when I read her book, it challenged me. It literally challenged me to just, you know, stop and pray because Jennifer has seen incredible things through prayer. She's an experienced intercessor that teaches people how to go deeper in God through the number one avenue uh, that God provided for us, prayer. Now, Jennifer, she's known as a seer, a prophet, a teacher, a pastor, and we're just so glad she's with us. Now, Jennifer, you have quite the background story. Uh, Could you just start off by telling us what happened at even an early age? Like a lot of people, I grew up in a broken home. My biological father, he abandoned my mother and myself at an early age. He did reappear later, but that was after my mother got married. And she got married when I was four years old to a man who was in the Mormon church, the LDS church. And so naturally, we all became members of the Latter-day Saints. As I became a teenager, I began to, to start doing temple rituals, and which is pretty normal with, with them. Um, basically, baptisms uh, for the dead and things that, ha- that pertain to securing um, uh, benefits in the afterlife for those who have already passed on. Uh, they're not scary. They're not perverse rituals, but they're very mystical. They're very spiritual. And then, you know, they, the elders that do that, they pray for you and they give you what their version of the Holy Spirit is, which, of course, is the wrong version. And so I, I grew up in that kind of environment. I also had a very um, uh, keen connection to the spiritual realm. I'm not sure why that was. It was just always there. As long as I can remember, I was always tuned in to things in the spirit. Um, mostly that was demonic, um, demonic encounters, um, things that grew in intensity as I got older, as I became a teenager. And then they get, they got very, very dark, uh, prior to my salvation, uh, becoming a Christian, giving my life to Christ when I was a freshman in college. And so we, you know, my entire family left the Mormon church, um, and we did become a Christian, which is a miracle because it's a very entrenched religion, and it's very programmed, and it's very uh, set that if you leave the Mormon church, you're going to outer darkness. That's the possibility. And, you know, they really program you that you better not leave ever, but we did by the grace of God. Now, Jennifer, you uh, knew some Christians, I understand, and you had some acquaintances, you know, that were Christian, but what brought you to this place of salvation? What happened? Well... Of course, there were people praying, and I had some extended relatives that were praying, um, some acquaintances at school that were praying. And, um, and so, you know, again, our family was struggling um, more than ever. Um, you were totally rebellious at this point, right? You were, you were doing drugs, cocaine, rebellion, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally in rebellion. 
And I was reacting to family issues and things that were happening, things that were going on. Um, again, we were, we were struggling as a family. We were struggling in a lot of different ways. And I was acting out like a lot of teenagers do when, you know, their world is out of control. And so I was doing all the things that a teenager would do that is in rebellion, acting out, angry, and all those things. Plus, I had all this spiritual darkness, you know, um, uh, emerging in my life like never before. It was very intense. And so what happened is I had an uncle who had become uh, a born-again Christian uh, in a very strict Pentecostal uh, church, but he was on fire for the Lord, and he repeatedly invited us to church. And that for a Mormon to go to a Christian church is very that, – that's a very big step for them because Christians are the enemy in a sense. And so, and so uh, he invited us, and I have found that when you're desperate – you will try things that you normally wouldn't try. And so my mother, my sister, and myself, we actually went to this small Pentecostal church, which is a, it was a, a radically different environment than what we've ever been used to or ever been around. You know, of course, they were wild and singing loudly and running around the, the building. You know, the, the women, they, they wore dresses, long dresses, no makeup. The men, they... You know, they were very well shaven. They were saying that that was a sign of holiness. That's what they believed holiness looked like. And so we're in this environment. My stepfather, you know, he stayed clear away from it. He wasn't going to have anything to do with it. And you know what happened was when the pastor began to sing a song to the congregation, and he sang a question to the song, and it was, uh, the question was, are you ready? I don't know why that resonated with me, but it did, and I felt the power and the presence of God. It was like liquid warmth that fell upon me, and I actually knew in that moment that it was Jesus. I knew it was the real Jesus. I knew it was the one that I was looking for. It's funny how your heart doesn't know until you encounter him, but then you know. And so a lady saw my tears, and she sat next to me, and she invited me to receive Jesus into my life. Now, keep in mind, I as a Mormon, we don't do that kind of prayer, but it just seemed right. And so I followed along and I prayed the sinner's prayer um, with, you know, with all my heart. And then she invited me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. The Mormons do have um, a concept of the Holy Spirit, but not like, not like Christians do. And so she invited me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I got my prayer language right then and there. And so that was uh, really fantastic. Nice. And then you went home, and what happened with your stepfather? Well, um, his entire, you know, household became Christians by going to that church, and so it was quite a shock for everybody to walk in the door, no longer a Mormon, and now we're Christians. And so I told him the story, and when I told him the story, I noticed he began to cry. And that was a big deal because I'd never seen my stepfather cry before. And um, although he didn't give his life to Christ right there, um, he did attend a seminar at a local church uh, about the differences between Christians and, and LDS. There was a seminar that just happened to be going on. And um, uh, it was after an intense time of prayer that I had for him. It's something the Holy Spirit led me into. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, because you're, you're known as a woman of prayer in intercession and when you are newly born again, and here's your stepfather sees this lifestyle change in in the family, but then you you had been studying for your exams, and the, and the reason why I wanted everybody to hear your backstory 
is because, first of all, the intensity of what you're, you came out of. We're going to talk even uh, in more detail here in a moment about that. But uh, the intensity of what you came out of is so uh, people relate to, and not, not just the Mormon church, but the rebellion and the drugs and all that. And then you go to this uh, Pentecostal holiness church and you get radically touched by God, filled with the Holy Spirit. But then immediately uh, God begins to move on you with a life of prayer uh, for specifically for your stepfather. What happened? What came on your life through that? Well, what happened is I was studying for my exams and all of a sudden I just felt this burden to pray for my stepfather. Now keep in mind, I've never been taught about prayer. I don't know what intercession is. I don't know what travailing is. And I am on the floor. I am weeping. I am wailing. I feel like I am giving birth to something. And I am calling out to God for the salvation of my stepfather. And I, I don't know why I ended the prayer this way. It just came out. and I, I literally told the Lord, I said, if you don't save him, let, let me die. It was that intense. And so what I saw happen after that was, again, there was a seminar that, that was put on in the community um, by a church, and somebody is coming in and talking about the differences between Christians and, and Mormons, and he attended the seminar. And after attending the seminar, he actually decided to go to that church, and then he soon gave his life to Jesus. I'm sure because of the way the Holy Spirit moved on you that his salvation was directly related to you praying for him as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. To, to see it happen that clearly, there was a, a time of intercession, and then to see what happened afterward, it was undeniable. Now, all these crazy slash wonderful things happened to you your first year of being a Christian. And it's it's a great story. It's a great salvation story. And I'm just thinking what your household must have been from from going there in the morning to when you came in the afternoon and your stepfather and everybody's life changed. No more, uh, uh, you know, uh, going to hell. You're going to heaven. But then that that was your first year. But something happened as you entered your second year of being a Christian. You're attending prayer services, but but you were becoming more and more troubled. The, the peace, the feeling of peace at home was going away, and you didn't know what was going on. What was going on in you during your second year of being a Christian? Well, I, I believe the overall big picture was that God was beginning to teach me my spiritual authority. And, and one of the things that if you're going to be a deliverer, especially a deliverer in prayer, is that you first have to deliver yourself. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And so because of my background— um, because I was uh, uh, in in the Mormon Church, which is it, it is not Christian. Okay? Even though they use Christian terms, it's not Christian. They have a different Jesus. Jesus is not the same to the Mormon as it is to the Christian. You know, they use similar terms, and they have a different Holy Spirit. Again, they use the same term, but it means something different. And so, because of that, you're actually under a different spirit. And when you are immersed in a different spirit, actually a demonic spirit, um, you know, there there are covenants that you have made, there are agreements that you have made, things you have given your life to, um, public, public um, uh, oaths that you have given, and on top of it, you know, I was um, dabbling in some occult activity, um, you know, just, just you know, because I was curious uh, as, I, as I grew up, 
Um, I practice Ouija boards, you know, not a whole lot, but enough to get in trouble. Um, you know, certain incantations, different things that, that a lot of teenagers do, um, but, but we don't know they're wrong. And so because of those, I, I had to open my world up to the demonic realm in a lot of different ways. I, I just didn't know it was wrong. And so fast forward, I'm now a Christian, and although I am saved, I am baptized in the Holy Spirit, guess what's coming back to try and take my life back? It's all that occultism. And so what happened is I was in a prayer meeting at, at a person's house, and at the, you know, and this is again when things are starting to, to um, unravel for me. I was losing my peace. Uh, peace was leaving my home. Um, I was noticing the presence of darkness again. I hadn't, I hadn't experienced that since before I was a Christian, and now it was, it was creeping back. And so then at this prayer meeting, uh, a lady at the, at the end of the prayer meeting, she looks at me, and she's very concerned, and she speaks out loud. She says, I see a spirit of sorcery standing over you. And when she said that, something picked me up and threw me against the wall, and I went into a very intense demonic manifestation. And um, it was, you know, one of, one of the strongest manifestations I've seen out of any person that I've encountered myself um, who's, you know, exhibited a manifestation. I, mine was one of the worst. Well, let me ask you a question for those who are listening, uh, because I, I get what you're saying, uh, but you were already born again. How is it that you still had such a strong demonic uh, uh, foothold in your life? Well... Here's the thing. We are spirit, soul, and body. And when we are born again, our spirit man is, is renewed. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. And that, that piece of you is never going to be touched by, um, by the demonic. It, it belongs to God, that part of you. And so a lot of people get confused with the fact that, that because you're born again, because you've given your life to Christ, they think that you can never have any spiritual problems. And that's just not the case. Now, that part of you that is is renewed, that part is possessed by the Holy Spirit. That doesn't change. But the rest of you, that's the piece that we have to work on, your flesh, your soul. And one time I heard this from Jack Hayford years ago, and he said, we don't always know where your spirit man stops and your soul begins. And this is where, where when it comes to deliverance, we get a little confused, and we feel like people who, who are Christians who exhibit demonic manifestations such as I did, we think, well, maybe they're not saved. Well, that's not true. What it is is they have agreements that are lingering out there. They have covenants that are lingering out there that they have to apply the blood of Jesus to. And so what that means is they have to uh, repent and renounce those occultic activities, actually um, uh, tell the spirit realm who you serve and who you no longer serve, and actually cut those and, and sever those agreements before you can break free. It is a process, and it's a process for a lot of people, more people than we realize. So here's the thing. After uh, a number of hours, I understand, of these demonic manifestations happening and, and you know, you're at this person's home and nobody, nobody could get you free and you're just, it kind of subsided. You go home and it's happening for the next three months. How did you finally get free of all that demonic occultic activity? Well, this is where I lear really learned to pray. <laughs> um I, uh, again, you know, when I was at the house that, that I was praying at and, and they did bring me home um, and things began to happen, you know, still, uh, I was 
hearing piercing screaming at night. Uh, doors were shaking. My bed was shaking. I mean, it, it was like a, it was like a horror movie. And I began to pray for freedom and ask God for freedom, ask God to set me free. And it was night and day that I was praying this because I was basically awake most of the night, most of the day, because uh, I couldn't sleep. And then what happened is about three months or so, three or four months, um, uh, that spirit that had been tormenting me, I, it walked into my bedroom, and it was there to torment me some more. And then something rose up in me. Um, I, it was definitely the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I wouldn't have known to do this on my own, but something rose up in me, and I actually spoke to that demonic spirit, and I, I, de- I declared to it that I will never serve you. I will only serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And for some reason, that broke it right there. Um, I, I never was troubled by that spirit again. I also lost all fear of the demonic. Um, many people are afraid of the demonic. Well, right there, I lost the fear of it. I think it's because I saw how, how powerful the name of Jesus was in that moment. And so I lost the fear of the demonic, and then I just went forward from there. Now, speaking of the demonic, in the back of your book, you have a whole section on how to cast out devils. And as a producer, I don't see that in a lot of books. So I appreciate that. Now, speaking of your book, we're offering uh, your new book, The Intercessor's Handbook, and your exclusive three CD set, Encountering God in Prayer. Now, Jennifer, what kind of feedback are you getting from this book? I am getting that it has revolutionized people's prayer life. It has also given them uh, verbiage, and it has helped them to settle um, all the crazy things that they are experiencing in prayer. You know, when somebody uh, can put in plain language that they've gone through it too, show it to you from the Bible, show it to you in a way that you know that you're not crazy, that helps people to feel confident that what they're experiencing is real and show them what to do with what they're experiencing. Now, the thing I enjoyed about your book is how you give practical principles, but then you give stories, and you make it very tangible that, listen, if you just pray, and we're going to talk about uh, in the show later how to pray intelligently, how to pray prophetically. And when you learn to pray God's way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, the whole realm of the supernatural God's secrets, all those things open up. So you need to get this book. It's called The Intercessor's Handbook. Now, I want to ask you right up front, Jennifer, is everyone called to intercession? Everybody is called to intercession. It is an extension of Christ's ministry on earth. And because we are the body of Christ, we will, we too will intercede. And we're going to talk more about that later because a lot of people, you, you demystify the term intercessor. A lot of people kind of run from that term or, oh, well, that's for the intercessor to do. And I believe, as you just said, with all my heart, that everybody's called to intercession. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But again, the offer is the book, The Intercessor's Handbook, an exclusive three CD set, Encountering God in Prayer. This is a powerful CD set where she teaches how you can invite the tangible presence of God into your life, how you can experience supernatural results, uh, that prayer is truly an adventure, how to encounter God's voice in prayer, and how to encounter His presence in prayer, you are going to enjoy this offer. I promise you that. When we come back, Jennifer, I'd love for you to share how prayer is our lifeline for victory. We'll be right back.
Did you know that God has called you, every believer in Jesus, to be an intercessor? Everybody can be an intercessor. If you understand what intercessor means, it means that you are praying on behalf of another person. Once we have breakthrough on our own, then we know how to break through for other people in prayer. So it all works together. Not only are you going to learn how to pray for other people, but you will definitely learn how to pray for yourself. If you are not an intercessor, you're missing the reason God has you on earth. Call now and get Jennifer Eva's brand new book, The Intercessor's Handbook, plus her three-part audio CD teaching, Encountering God in Prayer, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience, yours. For a donation of $35, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9479. In her brand new book, Jennifer Eva's will teach you how to pray with boldness, authority, and supernatural power, not only for your own needs, but for that of others. You can change the world right from your kitchen, right from your car where you're driving, right from the school, right from your office. You literally have the authority and the power and the responsibility to change the world. Through her powerful book, you will understand how to distinguish God's voice and encounter the realm God lives in, the realm of the supernatural. Understand how to shape history itself from your prayers, causing the impossible to become possible. Discover how to tap into the ministry of angels as an invisible army ready to fulfill God's promises and blessings in your life and the lives of people you know. Learn how to minister with prophetic intercession by confessing prophetic words and declarations. The book even includes a practical guide for casting out demons, keys to overcome resistance in the spirit realm, insight into how to operate in your spiritual authority. Prayer is like breathing. It's like it's like ingesting life straight from heaven because when you pray, it's a supernatural act. You actually go before the throne room of God. You go before the throne of God and you breathe in that atmosphere and life comes into your spirit, your soul, every piece of you and you are energized when Pray. Through her three-part audio CD teaching, understand how prayer invites the tangible presence of God to come upon you. Learn that prayer is always a dialogue and that God loves to speak to you and He will respond to you. Learn how to better identify God's voice. Find out how to make prayer a supernatural act that will yield supernatural results in your life. Jennifer also releases a powerful prayer of impartation for you to begin experiencing breakthrough prayer. Do you need a breakthrough in unanswered prayers? You will not struggle in your prayer life anymore. Jennifer uses biblical principles and her own life experience of supernatural breakthrough to bring these concepts so you'll understand and digest it. Don't miss out on getting Jennifer Eva's brand new book, The Intercessor's Handbook, plus her three-part audio CD teaching, Encountering God in Prayer, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9479. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9479. Or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We are back with Jennifer Evaz, and we are talking about prayer and intercession and the presence of God and and fighting spiritual forces all happening through prayer. And and Jennifer, you teach that prayer is our lifeline for victory. What do you mean by that? Well, basically, nothing happens until we pray. And that is one of the hardest concepts for, for people to accept, that God has given us authority 
to invite him into the affairs of her, and that until we do that, he, he actually doesn't enter in. And you say, well, how does that work? Well, it actually started in the garden with Adam and Eve when God gave them the earth. He gave them authority over the earth. He said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth. And he gave them so much authority that they have the power to not use it or actually give it away. And they actually gave their authority away to Satan through disobedience to God's command. And Satan ruled the earth until, you know, Jesus Christ. And then when Jesus died on the cross and he was raised from the dead, took the the keys back, he actually gave the keys of authority back to his um, men and women who believe in him, uh, in his name. And now we are back in charge of the earth for better or for worse. And through prayer now, we actually exercise that authority that God has given to us. Now, let me ask you this, and, and I know it's the elephant in the room for everybody that's listening, but uh, I personally enjoy praying, uh, soaking, getting with God. I know Sid Roth does as well. I, I'm familiar with his prayer life. He just loves to, to spend time with the Lord. But for a lot of people, prayer seems like a drudgery. It seems hopeless, if I can say that. It seems like you're just like a piece of cardboard, and you just... It's like there's nothing. How do you how do you how do you break that mold of prayer being this thing that the enemy is trying to get you to think that it's boring, it, it nothing happen, happens, it's hopeless. How do you how do you break that? Because I know there's a lot of people listening that need a breakthrough in prayer right now. Absolutely. Well, first of all, prayer is a dialogue. Many of us have learned that from Mark Verkler, the the author. Uh, that prayer is a dialogue, it's not a monologue, and understanding that God is the Word. And so by His very nature, He is always speaking. Now, we have the written Word, of course, and God never speaks outside of His written Word, but He does get very personal in the way that He communicates with us. And so when we go to God in prayer, in other words, we are dialoguing with Him, uh, we are worshiping Him, we are talking to Him, we are asking Him questions, we can count on that he is going to respond to us. Now, some of us, because we have a very limited thinking about how God is going to interact with us, yes, absolutely. we actually don't, yeah, don't tune in to the ways that God speaks back to us. God's going to speak back to you through his written word. Something will shout off the page to you. God will speak back to you perhaps in a dream. God will speak back to you through a, an intense peace in your heart. Um, in all sorts of different ways. And so what happens is you begin to look for his voice, and it becomes this adventure. And then when you begin to go on the adventure of prayer with God, then it opens up to you, and it's fun, it's adventurous, it's it's exciting, and you're always looking for the next thing that God is going to do as you talk to him and he talks back to you. Before we went to break, we said that, well, you said, uh, Jennifer, that everyone that is a believer in Jesus is called intercession. Now, I believe that even though I am 43 years old and I've been born again since I was five, I have fought against that very principle that because I thought that intercession was for him or her, but not for me. And after reading your book, I realized more than ever that, hey, buddy, you are called to intercession as much as the next guy. And and when you begin to learn this pattern of intercession for yourself, the Holy Spirit would begin. You talked a little bit about this already, but the Holy Spirit would begin to alert you, give you an impression just for a moment, teach people how they can learn to 
begin to move in this pattern of intercession. Uh, for instance, you talk about how you begin to lay in bed, I think you may have said, and, and you notice faces and images as you're falling asleep and you knew that God was highlighting them, things like that. Yeah, that's really where it started. I was just having an impression in my heart that somebody was in trouble. And I just had this sense that I needed to pray for them. And that's really where it all started. And so it caused me to pay attention because a lot of times if, if we're not recognizing, again, the voice of God and the different ways he speaks, we'll miss those things because we, we won't connect that God is actually speaking to us. So there'll be an impression in your heart. Uh, you'll have an alert in your heart. You'll see a face of a person that you know repeatedly. It could even be the president of the United States. Why does this? Why does his face keep coming before me? Well, you know what? That's that's actually a call to action to pray. And when we intercede, here's the thing: we're to intercede on behalf of another person in favor for another person. It's never against a person. It's always for them. And and that is the role of the intercessor. If you look in um, the book of Ezekiel, and this was uh, uh, chapter 22, verse 30, God said that he was looking for somebody to build a wall and stand before him in the gap on behalf of the land so he wouldn't destroy it. Isn't it interesting that God doesn't want to destroy anything, but he has to have somebody on earth actually call out to him uh, and stand in the gap, and he's always looking for somebody to do that. I think that's so powerful. I do, too, and the the word intercede, as you said, means to speak to someone in order to defend or help another person. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I, I feel that you alluded to it, and you may have actually said it in your book. Can I go to prayer and intercede for myself? Well, I've had many situations where the Holy Spirit will alert me or warn me about something up ahead, and I'll just go to Him, with, usually from a, a, a promise in the Bible, and I'll just bring it to Him. I said, you said... And I stand on this promise before you. And then I thank him that it's as good as done. You talk about um, spiritual authority, knowing our spiritual authority. And there was something that happened at your church one Christmas Eve a while back. Tell us that story. Well, what happened is my husband was talking to the church about prayer. And he was talking to the men. And he was uh, in, encouraging them to start praying for their families. If you've never prayed for your family before, I want you as a father to pray for your household. And so one family in particular decided to take up that challenge. And the father, at the Christmas meal of all places, at the Christmas meal, decides he's going to pray for his family. So he prays a prayer blessing for his family. And then what, what happened is he had, his stepson uh, was dabbling in the occult. They didn't know it. His stepson was dabbling in the occult, and as the father prayed, the, the stepson began to levitate out of his chair. And that's because the powers of darkness were challenged just by a prayer from a father over the Christmas meal. Now, I don't know about you, but that would scare me. And so they were very, very concerned about this, and so they called the church immediately, and they asked for help. And so a team of us went to their home, and he he was actually in the garage. They weren't quite sure what to do with him, so they had him just wait in the garage. And so we went and we prayed for him, and um, the team was praying for him to break the powers of a cult off of him, the occult powers off of him, and they couldn't break it. But then what I did is I, I grabbed him by the shoulders, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command this demonic spirit to leave you right now. 
And I saw him begin to tense up. And that was a signal to me that the power that had him uh, was about ready to break. I could see it in his physical body. And then uh, we felt the, the demonic spirit leave. And we know it left because right after he gave his life to Christ and actually joined our youth group. And so um, one of the things I learned with that is that when you have come out of something and you have, you have broken through it in your life, you will actually have a greater level of authority um, than other people do because you know it, you know how to break it, you know how to overcome it. And so that's the, the benefit of overcoming something that you get to, to authorize um, deliverance in other people's lives just like it was authorized in yours. Now, one thing that you talk about is unanswered prayers are the result of not knowing or understanding spiritual laws that are tucked away in God's Word. That really ministered to me because I feel there are so many uh, spiritual laws, which if you could please define what that means, there's so many spiritual laws in the Bible that if the Lord made it clear, if you do A, I'll do B. If you do C, I'll do D. I mean, I think it's abundantly clear. But in relation to prayer, what do you mean by following God's spiritual laws? Well, it's, let's, let's start simplistically. Okay, so, for example, the Bible is very clear about fleeing from sexual immorality. So let's say a person does not do that. And so what happens is they begin to open themselves to unclean spirits and the impact of unclean spirits. The Bible talks very clearly about that. And so if, if we are going to violate um, uh, what God says about, you know, living our lives righteously, well, then we are going to incur, um, you know, the penalty and the consequence of it. And so, you know, it, then what happens is, is we're going to have to, you know, repent. You know, that's what the Bible says we'd have to do. We have to repent, and then we're going to have to renounce, and we're going to have to um, uh, have a point of deliverance from those unclean spirits. And so that's all because there was a law violation. And so um, when it comes to uh, some people, when there is unanswered prayer, there's another thing to consider. And I go, I take this straight from the story of Abraham when he went to uh, uh, rescue his nephew Lot. Um, his nephew became a, a prisoner of war, and he was being held by five kings and five tribes. And Abraham, you know, went to war against all those kings and all those tribes. And, you know, it, it, it's like this. He, he actually went against five kings, five tribes, for, for freedom for the one person. And sometimes we don't realize in the spiritual realm, we're not just dealing with one thing. Um, let's say we have a loved one that is not saved, is not doing well. You know, we're praying for them, and we're thinking, you know, we're just kind of thinking individually um, for this person, and, and nothing's happening. Not recognizing that maybe we're in a city that has some layers of bondage in it, five layers, <laughs> five kings, and that we're actually going to have to change the way we pray uh, to be more corporate rather than for the individual because we're dealing with something else. And these are things that you have to hear from the Holy Spirit, um, you know, what the point of bondage is, where it's coming from to actually uh, uh, exercise freedom or see the freedom that God has designed for us to have. In one of the laws that you talk about in your book, you talk about several, but one of them I want to highlight here before we go to break is that the, the law that we have to pray, the spiritual law that we have to pray the will of God. Now, that sounds obvious, but uh, define that for us. Well, 
this is really critical because a lot of people, they, they don't understand what God offers and what he doesn't offer. And I look to John 10, 10 for that, um, that, that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give life. And so let's say a person is, um, uh, is, is, is has cancer, for example. Some people think that God actually authored that cancer, you know, for whatever reason. And um, the question is, does, does God offer destruction on, on, on his people? And, and the answer is no. Um, somehow, some way, that is, that is uh, demonically sourced, um, although there can be, you know, uh, a variety of reasons, but that, the, the source of that is demonic. And so, so if, if we're ever going to really begin to see freedom and healing in a person's life, we have to start with actually praying the will of God, which would be God's healing into that uh, situation. Okay, now for those of you who are listening, I don't want you to be scared or nervous or anxious any longer about the term intercessor, intercession, because I can tell you after reading the book, she completely, Jennifer completely demystifies what that term actually means. And I see for myself how not only is God showing me who I am to intercede for, uh, in fact, Jennifer, if I could just interject and interrupt my own thought, when we when we say intercede, I feel that a lot of people, at least I used to in the past, think that, oh, I got to intercede. That means I'm giving up two hours of my time right now because I saw somebody's image that I work f- with. You know what I mean? So w- when we say I- I'm going to go intercede, d- is that a time reference or or an action reference? It's a relational reference. We partner with the Holy Spirit, and we can pray until he's done praying through us. I've had times where I'll know that I need to intercede for a situation. Perhaps I had a dream about it, and it just stuck with me, and I started praying about the situation, um, you know, afterward. And I'll just pray kind of off and on during the day. Now, I do have a set time of prayer, but this is different. And I've known that out of relationship with the Spirit, we'll just he'll just keep— um, prodding my heart with that that situation, and I'll find myself, you know, driving in the car, but interceding, um, you know, doing a task on the computer, but interceding, you know, um, getting ready, getting my kids ready to go to bed at night, but interceding until I feel that burden lift off of me. You see, for those of you who are listening, that this that's my very point. Is it's simpler and uh, integral and critical to our lifestyle as believers more than we really have ever realized. And I want you to get her book, The Intercessor's Handbook. I'm telling you, while you read, you're going to have a greater sensitivity to the Spirit. You're going to see that intercession is part of your lifestyle and that the supernatural is going to open up like never before when you begin to learn this this principle of intercession for your own life. And then her exclusive three-CD set, Encountering God in Prayer, this is a powerful CD series. She talks about encountering God's presence in prayer, encountering God's voice in prayer, and how to experience the supernatural in prayer. Now, when we come back, I want Jennifer to share with you about God's invisible army. Don't go away because she's going to pray for you as well. 
Did you know that God has called you, every believer in Jesus, to be an intercessor? Everybody can be an intercessor. If you understand what intercessor means, it means that you are praying on behalf of another person. Once we have breakthrough on our own, then we know how to break through for other people in prayer. So it all works together. Not only are you going to learn how to pray for other people, but you will definitely learn how to pray for yourself. If you are not an intercessor, you're missing the reason God has you on earth. Call now and get Jennifer Eva's brand new book, The Intercessor's Handbook, plus her three-part audio CD teaching, Encountering God in Prayer, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9479. In her brand new book, Jennifer Evaz will teach you how to pray with boldness, authority, and supernatural power, not only for your own needs, but for that of others. You can change the world right from your kitchen, right from your car where you're driving, right from the school, right from your office. You literally have the authority and the power and the responsibility to change the world. Through her powerful book, you will understand how to distinguish God's voice and encounter the realm God lives in, the realm of the supernatural. Understand how to shape history itself from your prayers, causing the impossible to become possible. Discover how to tap into the ministry of angels as an invisible army ready to fulfill God's promises and blessings in your life and the lives of people you know. Learn how to minister with prophetic intercession by confessing prophetic words and declarations. The book even includes a practical guide for casting out demons, keys to overcome resistance in the spirit realm, insight into how to operate in your spiritual authority. Prayer is like breathing. It's like it's like ingesting life straight from heaven because when you pray, it's a supernatural act. You actually go before the throne room of God. You go before the throne of God and you breathe in that atmosphere and life comes into your spirit, your soul, every piece of you and you are energized when Pray. Through her three-part audio CD teaching, understand how prayer invites the tangible presence of God to come upon you. Learn that prayer is always a dialogue and that God loves to speak to you and He will respond to you. Learn how to better identify God's voice. Find out how to make prayer a supernatural act that will yield supernatural results in your life. Jennifer also releases a powerful prayer of impartation for you to begin experiencing breakthrough prayer. Do you need a breakthrough in unanswered prayers? You will not struggle in your prayer life anymore. Jennifer uses biblical principles and her own life experience of supernatural breakthrough to bring these concepts so you'll understand and digest it. Don't miss out on getting Jennifer Eva's brand new book, The Intercessor's Handbook, plus her three-part audio CD teaching, Encountering God in Prayer, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9479. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back. We're here with Jennifer Evaz, and we're learning so much about God's intention for us in prayer. And, and I'm telling you, Jennifer, when I hear you uh, share on prayer and intercession and reading your book and your CDs, it just it makes somebody want to go and pray. And I know that's your number one priority in, in doing all this, and you know, you're very passionate about it, but you teach people how to pray to get results. It's time to 
not just kind of do same old, same old praying. It's time to learn how to pray and get breakthrough and results. And one of those ways that God uses prayer is what you refer to in the book as God's invisible army. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, when I'm talking about God's invisible army, I'm talking about his angels. And there are so many angels that are sent on assignment to help his church, to help his, uh, his, his body, you and I. And they are activated through prayer, um, which is an interesting thing to learn about, that when I pray, it puts angels on assignment. Jennifer, you say that the ministry of angels is a key to answer prayer and something that we need to discover. So how do we begin to move in this uh, understanding of releasing the angels to work on my behalf as, as they do the will of God because I'm praying the will of God? Well, I think because there's so much confusion out there about angels, um, you know, do we work with them? Do we not work with them? What are the parameters? What happens if I cross the line? Let's just keep it really simple and just go right to the Bible and, and understand a couple things first. Um, I like the the story when Jesus is, you know, baptized by John the Baptist and, and uh, it says right there that, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And, and one of the things we see, we see that he prays, Jesus prayed, and it says that heaven opens. I think it's a very important principle to understand that when Jesus prayed, heaven opened. And, and you know, if, if that happened to him, well, that's happening to us. And we see in principle in Genesis 28 that when heaven was open, what was happening? Um, and that's the, the dream of Jacob's ladder. And we see angels going up and down that ladder between heaven and earth. And so, so when there's an open heaven, there are angels going between heaven and earth. And, and we know that our spiritual blessings are in heavenly places. So we can presume that the angels are, are, are facilitating those spiritual blessings into our realm. And then we also see when Jesus was about ready to go to the cross, he makes an interesting statement. And he says, if I want to, I can ask my father for 12 legions of angels and they will fight for me. Now, we know he didn't do that because he prayed in, in alignment with the will of his father. But the fact that that was possible, that he can even pray that, he could pray that God would send his angels to assist him, that's instruction for us. And so, so we can pray. And it will somehow, some way, activate God's angels to assist us. And what I have learned about, about the angels is that they're sent, you know, to, to help and assist um, the heirs of salvation, which would be you and I, those, of, those who believe in Jesus Christ, and that they are, they are motivated when we actually pray out the will of God about a situation. They are moved by God's Word. And that's Psalm 103, 20. You know, that, that the angels heed the voice of the Lord. Now, that could be from Jesus himself in heaven or actually through his body as they speak his word. And so, um, you know, like demons are bound, you know, through our words, well, angels are loosed through our words. And so they pay attention to the word of God coming out of our mouth, and that puts them on assignment, and they are excited to do it. And as an added bonus, you are a seer. So you get to actually see sometimes the angels doing the will of the Lord. In fact, you have a very personal story about that, about an angel laying his hand on you. What happened? Well, during my first pregnancy, I was very ill uh, in the middle of the night, so much so that I was 
debating if I needed to go to the emergency room and take it further. And I don't know why this happened, but this is just the way it happened. I um, looked up and I saw uh, an angel that was standing there, you know, all bright and uh, very clearly an angel. And I don't even know how I knew to say this. It just came out of my mouth. And I told the angel, I said, lay your hand on my stomach and I'll be healed. And the angel did just that. And I was healed instantly. And, you know, it was it was interesting that that took place and, and it went that way and went that direction. Now, of course, we give all credit to God for healing, but he does send his angels to assist us um, when we need it. And then, you know, if you, if you understand that there are demons that actually afflict people with sickness, we see that in the Bible, um, then you understand that angels would obviously be sent on assignment to heal as well. Now, Jennifer, one term that you use in the book that I really enjoy is prophetic intercession. What do you mean by that? Prophetic intercession is the prophetic word in prayer. Uh, when, when prayer is not a petition, but it's actually a command, and it's the, the word of the Lord that you, you know, it's like you launch it out like a missile, like a rocket, right out of your mouth, and it actually creates something uh, because God told you to speak it out. Now, does that happen when we use God's Word when we pray? Well, what I have found is that you'll be praying about a, a particular situation, and you might actually know what God says about it already because it's, it's clear in the written Word. You know that God is a protector. You know that He, he will um, uh, you know, keep you safe. You know? And so we can very easily say, in Jesus' name, um, uh, Sally is protected by God's holy angels, and that's right out of Psalm 91, um, and that's a prophetic word, but it's right out of his written word, already knowing his promise. Then there are those situations where it's sharper, it's stronger. God gives you a very specific word, statement, um, scripture, and, and there's, there's uh, power on it, and it's a little bit different sometimes. It can vary in strength, and it can vary in force. And those words will launch out of you like fire. And it's interesting when you feel it, and it, it comes out of your mouth like fire. And it's like it goes somewhere, like a rocket, and it, it, it's being sent. The word is being sent that will heal somebody, or the word is being sent that will not return void. See, this is prayer. For those of you who are listening, It's she's talking about fire. She's talking about the presence of God. That's prayer. Prayer is not some humdrum, I got to do it. No, you get to do it. And as she uh, talked about earlier, prayer is not the exception. It's the rule. And not, not the rule as in, you know, this heaviness on us, but it's this enjoyable, pleasurable act that we do with God and how we partner with the Holy Spirit. And, and in your book, you have a term that that is very critical for for us as believers because um, there, we're busy. Uh, there's a lot to do for God. There's a lot to do on earth with with family. But you teach how we are to pray intelligently, and anything that I can do better than I'm already doing, I want to learn how to do that. So how do we learn to begin to pray intelligently? Well, again, all prayer is in partnership with the Holy Spirit. This is what makes it enjoyable. And in regards to praying intelligently, this has to do with the gift of discerning the Spirit coming into operation as you pray, just like the gift of prophecy. 
And so the gift of discerning of spirits, well, that is when the Holy Spirit will reveal to you um, what is the source of a problem, what is behind uh, a situation or a circumstance or something going on with a person. He'll, he'll pull back the curtain and show you the spirit of the matter. And once you see the spirit behind it, then you can pray intelligently. But, but until you can see the spirit behind it, many times we don't know what we're up against. We don't know how to pray. And so the gift of discerning the spirit helps us. Now, it is sensory. Um, many people don't realize that. Um, uh, Hebrews 5.14 says that we actually discern through our senses. That would be our eyes, our, our ears, um, our sense of taste, our sense of smell, um, what we feel in our emotions. And so what happens is you will feel the, the, the spirit of the matter. You might taste something like I might taste a metallic taste when I sense a spirit of violence in, in a situation. Um, you might smell something. Uh, uh, some people have said that demonic spirits smell like uh, dirty diapers. <laughs> they smell like sulfur. They smell, you know, really nasty, like rotting garbage. And they will smell that, and they'll know that that's what they're dealing with uh, in regard to somebody's deliverance. And so you begin to learn over time how, how your senses will actually um, the Holy Spirit will speak through your senses and tell you what's going on, and it'll give you direction to pray. It's really powerful. Which even Jesus, in a sense, talked about with the Pharisees were making these long prayers that were making no effect on the kingdom. And, and Jesus said, this is how you pray. Thy will be done on earth, our Father who art in heaven. You know the scriptures. And, and I, I think you, through all your teaching, Jennifer, help remind us that prayer is easy. Prayer is simple. Uh, prayer is ordinary, quote unquote, but it does extraordinary things in our lives and for our future and those around us. And that's why I'm a believer that every one of us is called to intercession. Now, before we have you pray, Jennifer, I want you to give uh, the people listening just another nugget or two about how important the ministry of intercession is and, and how Every one of us are called to do it, how we need to do it, how we need to be living in it. But it's not a burdensome thing. Give us a couple more nuggets. Absolutely. Well, here's what we need to recognize, that, that we govern our whole world on our knees. In other words, our whole world is ordered by prayer. Nations rise and fall on the prayers of the church. And that's because God has authorized us to pray. He has given us authority for the earth. And the way that we facilitate that first is through prayer. Now, prayer is not all that we do, but it is the first thing that we do. It is our first ministry because uh, uh, the prophet Isaiah said that, that his house will be a house of prayer for all nations. So, so everything starts with prayer. And so it's the first thing we want to do. Prayer is something that we learn. It doesn't come naturally to most people. We do have to study it. We do have to just get in there and, and start somewhere and begin to learn how to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. It is an adventure. It's worth it. And to see a breakthrough and answer prayer in, in something that's critical, something that's special to you, something that is, is necessary to you, it makes it all worth it. And so I want to encourage you um, to learn about prayer, steward this in your life. It will grow. The Holy Spirit the best teacher in the world, and He is waiting for your voice, and He is excited to teach you how to pray effectively. Jennifer, would you pray for the people at home, whatever is on your heart? Sure. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person 
that is listening to this podcast. Thank you so much that you have led them to hear this. Lord, you want them to get as excited about prayer as you are. Lord, you have a vision for prayer. Now, Lord, put the vision inside of them. Cause it to awaken in them. Cause it to be exciting to them. Let it be an adventure for them. I pray, Lord, that they would find themselves praying in the middle of the night. They begin to hear your voice like they've never heard it before and begin to, to recognize the partnership that they are in. Let it be fun for them. Let it be joyful for them. Let them see extraordinary results and see that it is worth it, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you are offering intercession and prayer in your church like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jennifer, in your book, The Intercessor's Handbook, you have so many practical uh, stories and, and wisdom and just really opening the world of prayer up to people in a whole new way. Give us uh, a, a little feedback uh, from what people are saying about your book and, and how it's impacted their lives. Well, basically they're saying that it has revolutionized their prayer life. It's opened their eyes to see things in the spiritual realm. They're learning how to navigate things in the Spirit properly. They're learning partnership with the Holy Spirit, and they're learning where the realm of authority is and how to stay in, in alignment with the written Word and with what the Holy Spirit is saying. It keeps them safe when they pray, keeps them on the right ground, and keeps them praying in the will of God. Now, let me just give you a couple things that this book talks about. How to align yourself for answered prayer. You learn the role of angels in answered prayer. What territorial spirits are, which we didn't even get to on this show. You need to know about that and, and what effect you can have through prayer. How to get breakthrough in prayer. And just on and on and on. Spirit, more about spiritual authority. Uh, overcoming resistance in the spirit realm. Which I know a lot of people face that feeling of resistance. And you break that down and you teach people how to break through that. Uh, through prayer. And then your exclusive three CD set, Encountering God in Prayer. You talk about encountering God's presence, His voice, and really how to experience a supernatural in prayer. So here's the offer again, the book, The Intercessor's Handbook. The subtitle is powerful, How to Pray with Boldness, Authority, and Supernatural Power. And then her exclusive three CD set that she did here in her studio, Encountering God in Prayer. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our special guest, Jennifer Evaz. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. Do you need a breakthrough and unanswered prayer in your life? You don't have to struggle anymore. Call now for Jennifer Evaz's book, The Intercessor's Handbook, and her exclusive three-CD set, Encountering God in Prayer, for an investment of $35 U.S. to order Call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Jennifer's book, The Intercessor's Handbook, and her exclusive three-CD set, Encountering God in Prayer, offer number 9479 for an investment of $35 U.S. Be sure to ask for offer number 9479. Once again, that's offer number 9479.